out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 230 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. Since retiring from medical practice, I've become an activist for family caregiving. Our topic today is family caregiving and retirement, challenges, concerns, and chances. In so many previous episodes of this show, Family Caregivers Unite, family caregivers have voiced the question, what will happen to my special needs child when I am gone? The going of the family caregiver loses for the child the benefits of family caregiving. Family caregiving always was necessary and is now needed more and more for the long-term care of children, adolescents, adults, seniors with disabilities, all of which medical care can help but cannot cure. Long-term care services of our healthcare systems are increasingly stretched. Charities are providing more and more services But the fact remains that services that users pay for are used and needed more and more. So user pay services help family caregivers to answer the question, what will happen to my special needs child when I am gone? Which is why our topic today, family caregiving and retirement, challenges, concerns and chances, is so important. To discuss it, our guest is Fred Ryle. Fred has been an estate practitioner for 35 years, and for the past 10 years, he's worked with families with special needs children. He's a 35-year member of the Financial Advisors Association of Canada, of which he's been a local board member and president. He's a member of the Estate Planning Council of Mississauga. He's presented to non-profit organizations concerned with cystic fibrosis, Down syndrome, multiple sclerosis, Alzheimer's disease, autism, and he's also presented to the Dufferin Peel School Board. He's given many interviews and been featured by the Forum Magazine's article on people who give back. He's received various awards, including the Queen Elizabeth II Diamond Jubilee Medal of Honor and the Julia Award from Cystic Fibrosis Canada for his fundraising. And in 2008, he successfully completed the Boston Marathon. So welcome to the show, Fred. Well, thank you very much, Doctor. It's a real privilege. Thank you. Now, first question for you. Please tell us more about your personal story and how you came to be involved with family caregivers and their retirement. 
Well, it was, um, as you read my bio, 35 years ago is when I started my practice, and it was um, approximately 10 years ago when I had two uh, state planning lawyers from Pallet Vallow uh, approached me and said, Freddie, we want you to look at changing your practice from a generalist to a specialist. And we think you're the ideal candidate and you love children. You're always talking about giving back. And when I looked at that, I thought this is a great opportunity for me to get into a field that very few, ple- very few people play in it. And as I often coin to many people, I play in a sandbox, and the sandbox I play in is with lawyers and accountants and professional people working with families of special needs. Fred, please tell us about your work with Fred C. Ryle Insurance Incorporated. That's your business. Please tell us about your work with that. Well, sure. Thank you. Um, I incorporated my company in 1981, and basically, doctor, my practice is 50% of my time now is spent with special needs children and adults. About 25% I work with business owners, helping them with issues, whether it is insurance issues, retirement issues, just uh, reorganizing of their company. And then another 25% I spend time with professionals and executives, just like you. So really, in essence, there's where, if you could say the three sort of categories where I spend my time, and I think the best way I can describe it is when people ask me, what do you do, rather than going into this long soliloquy of, you know, so many things, I say to people, I underwrite time and money. That's very clear. (laughs) Now, Now... I want you to tell us about your successes in helping family caregivers caring for family members in the kind of work, circumstances, and so on that you get involved with. Your success stories. Fred? Well, um, I've had a lot. Uh, There's no question about it. The impact I'm having on families uh, is uh, just uh, unbelievable. And it is really from working with families that may have a little, working with families that may have a lot, but there's certain things that don't go away. When you have a special needs child or an adult, we have to look far beyond just the immediate needs. We have to look at the needs out five years, 10 years, and in fact, maybe 50 years if we have a young, uh, young child. So we have to do some proper planning. And the success stories I've had is really just people thanking me. And how they thank me, it, you'll love this, they never shake my hand and they never say thank you. I get hugged. Because I know this is an emotional play that I become the architect for their family. And with that, I sit down with them, doctor, and I talk to them about will planning, powers of attorney, how to set up a Henson Trust, Ontario Disability Support Payments, Registered Disability Support Payments, and the wonderful use of cash value life insurance to help supplement retirement. These are the things that I I get involved in, I share, I open doors, and hopefully I can, you know, assist 
and, and certainly prepare these families for the future. Tell me, first of all, what a Henson Trust is, Fred. A Henson Trust is an absolute discretionary trust. And this was a trust created by Audrey Henson back in 1985. And very quickly, what it's designed to do is for mom and dads to park money into this family discretionary trust. And there's no limit to how much money we can put in the trust. And this is going to help supplement the many, many needs of their special needs child or adult. Going to ask you now to say what the families tell you about their concerns for their special needs child when the family caregiver has passed away, has died. What are they concerned about deeply that could go wrong in the care of their child after, as I say, the family caregiver has passed, passed away? Well, it's there's no question it's very critical because when the family caregiver it may be one or more people but generally one and that therefore if there's only one spouse residing in the family then we have to find a guardian so again who's going to be is there a guardian appointed for that special needs child who is that and what authority are they going to have in terms of managing their money making sure that the comfort and all of the support that has been designed and planned is going to be carried forward. So at the end of the day, doctor, mom and dad who have the special needs child and adult worry about not only just the caregiver, but also the contingent caregiver. And equal to that is, are they going to have enough money that is going to provide for the care and comfort for their child for the next 20, 30, or 40 years if they predecease, you know, their loved ones. What do you mean by contingent caregiver? Contingent caregiver is simply another way of saying an alternate guardian because, if, again, if there's a lot of times I may only have a family with one spouse alive who is the primary caregiver. If that primary caregiver predeceases the special needs child, then who will be the guardian for the child? So in when we will plan, we often will can create a contingent caregiver or a, con, or a guardian for the child to make sure that there is no interruption in terms of care and comfort. What would happen in circumstances or what could happen in circumstances when there isn't a contingent caregiver for a child with special needs? Well, it's a very good question. And what often happens is then the government will have to step in and we're going to, they're going to have to appoint some, a, some guardian of some type to look after the child or contact family members to see if anyone will come up to the plate and will take on that responsibility. So for me as a planner, this is something that I have to think about, and I never want that to happen. What I want is if someone predeceases, the next one has already been planned, it's been notified, this person steps up to the plate, and is, again, without missing a beat, this person can step in and take care of, you know, the special needs child. 
So it's planning, and it's a kind of succession planning, isn't it? Oh, clearly. Absolutely. Because, again, none of us have a crystal ball. None of us know how long the good Lord is going to keep us on this earth. You know, I'm working with families now that mom and dad are in their 50s, some are in their 60s, and some are in their 70s. And I'm in the mortality business, so I understand that they may only have 10, 15, 16 years to be with us. So the planning is absolutely crucial, you know, going forward, especially for the succession planning. You mentioned that when you meet families who you've worked with and who are more than pleased but relieved and delighted with the help you gave them, Uh they don't thank you or shake you by the hand. They (laughs) hug you. Yes. Well, it isn't often that planners get hugged, is it? No. And therefore, what you're doing in the planning is obviously crucial, isn't it? Uh, Thank you. Um, It it is because I know that... I'm talking about a very, very um, important subject. I'm probably taught one of the few planners that will bring maybe some hope and guidance to the families to let them know that they're not alone, let them know that there are programs out there, there are uh, people, there are ways or other professionals that could be utilized to help that life or the life where you're presently in, in so many ways. So there's no question when I work with the family uh, and then once they see the, the work from the legal side, the accounting side, the mortality side, they see all of that comes together. I, it, there's a lot of moving parts, and I just end up creating this wonderful puzzle that all the parts seem to fit. <laughs> right. Now, talking of fitting, it's time for us to take a short break. Oh, wonderful. So this is Dr. Gordon Adley and my guest, Fred Ryle. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Powell River. Please stay with us. We're coming back. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Ready to chat about your favorite soap operas? The daytime discussion is here with Dan J. Kroll and Soap Central Live. For the past 15 years, Dan has been dishing and discussing on SoapCentral.com, and now he's taking the talk to the airwaves of the Voice America Variety Channel. You'll go behind the scenes with the biggest stars of daytime, along with guest commentary from the Soap Central columnists. And we'll take your questions and comments during our live show. Soap Central Live, every Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Nine different energy systems make up the energy body. Energy is all around us and connects us. Energy exerts a major control over our biology and is a big reason why you should be tuning in to energy medicine and optimal health with your host, Dr. Ann Deatley. We'll explore energy balance techniques, tips, and patterns to keep your flow of energy optimal to maintain maximal health. By adopting these techniques, you will keep your energy body and physical body in harmony. Listen for Energy Medicine and Optimal Health, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Health & Wellness. 
If you're looking for answers and solutions, you don't have to look to expensive treatments, consultations, and methods. All you have to do is listen to your connections. Every week, the Dr. Melanie Show will teach you how to do just that. Dr. Melanie Barton will share her gifts and talents and teach you to do the same. And in doing so, find the solutions to the issues in your life that you truly need. You'll learn about holistic and practical health in six key areas. Discover the Dr. Melanie Show, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and my guest, Fred Ryle. Our topic is Family Caregiving and Retirement. Challenges, concerns, and chances. So, Fred, I want you to talk more about the challenges and concerns of family caregivers in retirement. Uh-huh. Uh, who t- first, first question then, who typically are the family caregivers you support and what are the retirement channel challenges that actually confront them? Well, <clears throat> first of all, the mums and dads of the special needs child or adult are certainly the caregivers. There's no question about it. And if they're in their 50s and 60s, they themselves are looking at retirement. They themselves are looking at all the number of financial vehicles that they may have allocated money in. It could be tax-free savings accounts. They may have some money in GICs. They may have or be contributing to an uh, RRSP. They may be fortunate enough to have a pension plan. They may have money in mutual funds. They may have money in bonds and stocks. So there's a plethora of products out there, and they may have a little in each. But at the end of the day, not only they're concerned about their well-being, but then you have to layer over that is how much money is going to be needed in addition to for the special needs child. And and there lies the problem because now they realize to say, we may have to start using some of our retirement money and reallocate that to our special needs, you know, our, our son or, or, you know, daughter that may be an adult at this point. So, again, there is a whole realm of thinking that to say, well, we only have enough now for ourselves. How can we afford or allocate the money that is so necessary needed, you know, for our special needs child? The concerns then that they have, or the worries, that's the basis of my next question for you, Fred, is what what are the health conditions of the loved ones that are most worrying for family caregivers, concerns about what will happen to their loved ones after they 
the family caregivers die. What are the health conditions that are the challenges? It's a good question, uh, doctor, because when you look at, I never know when I sit down with a family if I'm going to be working with a family who has a physical disability or perhaps a cognitive. And at the end of the day, I, lo- I speak to families that may have a young child with cystic fibrosis. So there you have a situation where 20 years ago, the mortality of a child was 21, 22. Today, through the research and the money developed and the philanthropy around that, you, you now, the mortality, according to Six Children's Hospital, is now somewhere around 41, 42. So it's doubled in 20 years. So cystic fibrosis is, is certainly one. Multiple sclerosis, you know, is another one where there's a shortened lifespan. Now, at the other end of the spectrum, you can look at a child with um, autism where they could live 50 years or 60 years or 70 years. So how do you plan for that in the long term where we know with cystic fibrosis, you know, the mortality is going to be a lot, uh, you know, certainly a, a lot sooner and shortened. So these are some of the health concerns and the clients that I run into. You know, Down syndrome would be another one where they could live a wonderful life and they could live well into their 70s and 80s. And again, we have to plan to make sure they're going to be taken care of for the next 50 years. I just want to clarify this word mortality. Mm -hmm. Uh, You were talking about it in relation to cystic fibrosis. And here's how I understood it. And I want Mm -hmm. you to tell me whether I got it right or wrong. Okay. Um, I think I understood that children with cystic fibrosis are living longer now than was the case 25 years ago. Is Is that correct? Correct. Correct. So the mortality of a child diagnosed with cystic fibrosis 20 years ago, that was probably 22 or 23 years of age. And then they would pass away. Because of the research and because of the drugs and because of everything they're doing, they are now having wonderful breakthroughs where the scientists and the research people are finding new ways that now the mortality of the child is now in their early 40s. So it's doubled within the last 20 years. So it's, it's a wonderful success in one way, that is... Life expectancy has increased. Mm-hmm. Um, happy lives are happier. Mm-hmm. But from the perspective of family caregivers who are planning financial support, mm-hmm. um, the length of the support um, has the the length of time that the support is required for uh, is growing all the time. Correct. Which, if I'm right, is challenging the planning that they, the families have to go through with your help. Is that Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Correct. Absolutely. Because then another 20 years, if we can reflect back on what's happened in the last 20, then may we could uh, uh, you know, say that in the next 20 years, then, then the mortality or the life expectancy could be 60 for uh, you know, the child who's diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. Yeah. Now, I'm going to ask you, 
to say more, in effect, about what we've already been talking about. Mm -hmm. And that is, we've identified one massive challenge for retirement planning, which is that it the planning has to cover an increasing length of time mm -hmm. for the a family member uh, whose life expectancy is increasing. Now, that's a wonderful thing. We're, we're not talking about this in any negative way. Correct. But it does create a set of challenges for retirement planning by family caregivers. Um, we're worried, concerned about what will happen after they die. Tell us more, Fred, about the challenges created for this wonderful situation in uh, for these children um, and their extended lives. T talk about the challenges, please, for family caregivers. Sure. A lot of the challenges, as I alluded to earlier, is making sure that we have a number of vehicles, a number of instruments, a number of processes in place, making sure that the family has a proper will and a power of attorney. And in that, there's special wording for that absolute discretionary trust. In addition to that, there's going to be some work that is we're going to look at in terms of what government benefits and money that we have available from the Ontario government, which we call the Ontario Disability Support Payments. And that's $1,000 a month. But also, once you qualify at age 18, you will receive free health and free dental benefits. So again, when you start to look at what benefits are out there and available, that can ease some of the burden. Not all of the burden, but that can ease some of the burden, you know, with respect to some of the expenses they're going to incur. At the same token, I've also seen families where they'll spend a lot of money on therapy for their autistic child. And as rightfully they should, but it also could be two, three, four thousand dollars a month after tax that this family or these families have to set aside because they see the improvement the therapy is you know taking effect on their child. So there's another challenge that goes again is to what extent do you want to uh, have or, or, or create those types of, of services that are out there in order to, to facilitate and to help your child. Fred, just to extend that question a little bit more, mm -hmm. what about the role of charities? We hear a lot about charities, particularly focused on caring for children and people with these kind of health challenges you're talking about. Well, like... <laughs> sorry, doctor, because you're reading some of my notes. <laughs> because the beautiful thing about that is now more than ever is as you work with not-for-profit organizations and you work with philanthropy, plan giving is now becoming mainstream. And it's when I sit down with families and I sit down with just regular families, I talk to them about now is you might want to create a family legacy and then I introduce to them a social legacy. And they look at me and they say, what are you, what's a social legacy? 
And I say to them, look, after you have provided for yourself and provided for your children and maybe provided for your grandchildren, you still have a whole bunch of money left. But what are you going to do with that? And I introduce social legacies so I can talk to people about gifts and bequests and donations to hospitals, to not-for-profit organizations, to community living, to the foundations that are the undercurrent of the city. And they look at me and they're going, so I could give to them a million? And, uh, of course, the uh, the answer is absolutely yes. So there is no question philanthropy or plan giving is becoming forefront. And I have been doing it now for about five years, and I work with some colleagues, one in particular, Bruce Etherington, and the two of us go out to hospitals. We were just, we are now sitting and going to do a lot of plan giving for a particular hospital out in the uh, west end of Ontario. And we are also very much uh, look at plan giving for universities. So it's definitely a very unique skill set, but the impact it has, doctor, is remarkable. Absolutely remarkable because, again, if someone decides to give $10,000 every year and I can show how $10,000 equals $500,000, there's a huge impact. And we use the magic of life insurance to do that. And therefore, if someone's life is cut short and the beneficiary happens to be a not-for-profit or a hospital or a foundation or community living, they're going to get a huge injection of tax-free money. So what really, as I see it happening, is this. Um, This is creating a healthcare system in parallel with the one we've got, but it's focused very much on caring for people, a phrase I often use, for, for whom medicine, my, my one-time profession and mm-hmm. healthcare generally, mm-hmm. can offer no cure. And what's building up then through the kind of organizations you've been talking about, through the mm-hmm. kind of efforts you've been talking about, mm-hmm. uh, are the charities and all the things you've been talking about mm-hmm. as a way of enabling services, providing for care, and just generally looking after people with the kind of illnesses that can't be cured. Now, is just very quickly, do you agree with what I just said? Uh, you summed it up very nicely, yes. Okay, great. Well, in which case, I'm going to take the break at this point because we have a lot more to talk about. Mm-hmm. So this is Dr. Gordon Atherley and my guest is Fred Ryle. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Powell River. We'll, please stay with us. We will be back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Tune in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's practical, positive solutions for a happy, empowered, and successful life. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. The way we do banking today continues to evolve. No longer is it just brick-and-mortar locations or traditional banker's hours. Today, banking is 24-7. It's in the home. It's on the go. It's digital. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how traditional banking as we know it has changed due to a loss of trust, changing economic conditions and consumer behavior, government involvement, and, of course, technology. What does it all mean? Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and my guest, Fred Ryle. Our topic is Family Caregiving and Retirement, Challenges, Concerns, and Chances. Fred, now, I want you to talk about Family Caregivers' Chances in the sense of opportunities to conquer their challenges and resolve their concerns. So first question, Fred, for you is this. What retirement opportunities do you want family caregivers to seriously consider and why? Uh, Good question, Doctor. And there's a couple of things. I think before I answer that question, or let me answer it this way is there's certain fundamentals that I think people need to be aware of in any financial plan and what they're doing. And there's a lovely saying that I use often, and I call it prudence over profit, safety of capital. So whenever I talk to people, I talk about understanding some basic fundamentals, paying down your mortgage, reduce your debt as quickly as you can, Look at opportunities where you can invest with with it, with smartly, with minimal risk, and because again you sort of fall into the prudence. I'd rather keep my earn a little and keep my money safe 
rather than try to earn a lot and expose my money and all of a sudden I've lost it. And all of us know uh, what happens. Uh, there's two very, very horrible vices uh, in this world. There's many, but two of them are ego and greed. And those two will put any, no matter who you are, uh, put them at their knees. So when I talk to people about retirement planning, and I alluded to earlier, I think diversification is key. I think you should have money in real estate as a bucket. You could have money in GICs, TSFAs. You could have money in cash value life insurance. You could have money in mutual funds and bonds. You may have it in blue chip stocks. This depends on the savvy of the investor. But again, prudence over profit. And I can tell you that Albert Einstein, I think, said it best. He said, whoever invented compound interest was brilliant. So compound interest is a key. And then Baron Rothschild, the banking family over in Europe for 400 years, they have often said, find an instrument that gives you compounding interest and sheltering of growth. And they'll say, buy as much as you can. So again, you look at different types of vehicles out there that might be, you know, an RRSP, cash value life insurance. These are the things that compound, and they also tax shelter growth. So when you sit down with a family, I, the best thing I can really say to them is find yourself a planner and plan. Work out something that makes sense and then create the discipline necessary in order to make the plan work. And some, and it's very hard. It is very hard to do. But at the end of the day, your home will be paid off, you'll be debt-free, mortgage-free, and therefore you can now enjoy the fruits of your labor. Now, the next question is somewhat similar, but focused slightly differently. We're talking about retirement opportunities. That's what I, my term rather than yours. But what are the opportunities that you want family caregivers um, to seriously concern when the family caregivers are worried about what will happen to their adult loved ones, like, for example, their parents or a, an aging elder uh-huh. Sibling, um, when the fa- family caregiver dies, what about that? What about those opportunities? Well, what I do mean, you reckon? There, there's, you know, gosh, there's lots of opportunities there. And again, as our society ages, you're going to look at, you know, what products out there that maybe uh, the older person has purchased. Maybe there's some long-term care insurance, or they provided for some long-term care uh, money in some capacity. So at the end of the day is when that individual might need a, a nursing home or retirement home, let's say from a retirement home to a nursing home, a nursing home to a long care facility, it's not going to be as much of a burden on the family because of mom and dad or whoever they were, they had the foresight. Like my, my father, before he passed away, he said, listen, I've already pre-planned my funeral. I bought it 
60 years ago, the only thing you're going to have to pay for is the Toronto Star little it's $200 note. Everything else is taken care of. So my dad was a very much a planner uh, in planning ahead and not leaving or having any burden to the family. So long-term care, there's no question about that. Having enough money where you can you know, look at your RSPs and are you going to riff them at the appropriate age? Are you going to consider what other benefits that are going to come into play from the Canada Pension Plan, from old age security, all of these other income streams where you have to plan around this to make sure that it's all going to make it's tax efficient, it's tax effective. Fred, I'm just going to put something back to you in this way. Mm -hmm. The message I'm receiving from you is that all of us need to be thinking about the planning of what will be required when we get to the point where we can no longer earn our living, where we can, we require long-term care, we Uh require perhaps moving into some kind of residential facility Uh so that to some degree we have a responsibility to plan our own road and not leave it entirely to our family caregivers. Am I right in that? You are not 100% right. You're 1,000% right. And, you know, when I sit down with families, it's very sad when I'll ask them, you know, they, they, do you have a will? No. Do you have a power of attorney? No. Uh, Do you have a mortgage? Yes. Have you insured the mortgage? No. And some fundamental risks that are there that we need to take care of. Often when I speak to organizations, I'll ask the questions. It could be 30, 40, 50 people, and I'll say, how many people here tonight have a will? I won't tell you how many people put their hands up. Same thing with a power of attorney. So there's no question in my mind is that the family for the future is going to be one that has sat down with someone that they trust, they like, and to say, listen, here's what I have, here are my plans, here are my goals, and here's what I do not want to happen, and how do I get to where I need to get, figure out a plan. So there's no question. No question at all, doctor. Right. Now, I want to ask you about retirement opportunities that you want family caregivers uh, to consider when they're concerned about what will happen to their children with special needs after they, the family caregivers, die. What about the planning for children with special needs? What opportunities there specifically do you you want to uh, draw attention to? Um, Thank you for asking that. There is, uh, there's no question. Honestly, doctor, there's never enough money unless the family is well-established where they have copious amounts of money. There's a gap most of the time and most or, in fact, all of the time. And a lot of the times we use life insurance to solve the problem. So my estate planning lawyers love life insurance because they often will say we can buy a million dollars but it only costs us 10 cents on the dollar. So therefore, it's a very efficient and effective way that if someone needs a million dollars to fund a Henson Trust for their special needs child, 
but it costs mom and dad five or six hundred dollars a month. That is good economics. Rather than the family trying to come up with a million dollars for a dollar for a dollar to fund that Henson Trust. So life insurance becomes one of the best financial vehicles. And I work with, I'm privileged, I work with 10 estate planning lawyers across the GTA, and every one of them is a big, big advocate for life insurance because it solves an immediate cash problem. If one of the caregivers dies, all of a sudden we have now fully funded a Henson Trust with tax-free life insurance, does not have to be repaid, and that takes the financial burden away from the immediate family. This is a long question, and we've only a short time for you to answer it, but more and more people in their retirement are still working for all kinds of reasons. One of, one of them is a very good reason, that if you go on working, it appears that you um, survive a lot longer anyway and that your capabilities survive. Sure. What, what particular advice, just very briefly, do you mm-hmm. give to seniors who are working but who nevertheless have family caregivers' responsibilities of some kind? What, what's your quick answer? Stay active. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Oz says it best, but, uh, you know, my, my father worked till he's 84, and he just said, it keeps me focused, it keeps me spry, it keeps me alive, I, I have a purpose. And uh, that's the advice, I, you know, for, my father gave me. And I would be giving everyone that is getting older uh, in their age is don't give in to your agedness. Stay active, find a purpose if you've got lots of time, and then offer your time in terms of charity. There's so many things that someone can do to feel alive but feel useful. Great. Now, talking of time, it's the time again <laughs> where we have to take the break. No so this, this is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Fred Ryle. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Powell River. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you a single parent trying to create the balance between home life and work life? You may be running a successful business, but how are your relationships with your family and children? If you're one of the thousands of people trying to juggle it all, tune in to Straight Up with Chris, real talk on business and parenthood, hosted by Chris Efesiu. Chris is the portrait of the success story. Coming to the U.S. with no language skills, founding and growing several businesses while raising his daughter from age 7 to adulthood as a single dad. Listen every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Nine different energy systems make up the energy body. Energy is all around us and connects us. Energy exerts a major control over our biology and is a big reason why you should be tuning in to energy medicine and optimal health with your host, Dr. Ann Deatley. 
We'll explore energy balance techniques, tips, and patterns to keep your flow of energy optimal to maintain maximal health. By adopting these techniques, you will keep your energy body and physical body in harmony. Listen for Energy Medicine and Optimal Health, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite. My guest, Fred Ryle. Our topic is Family Caregiving and Retirement, Challenges, Concerns, and Chances. Fred, I want now to talk about the things that you want to do and see done for family caregivers concerned about the retirement. First question, Fred, what more would you like to do to help family caregivers to overcome their challenges and concerns and make the most of their opportunities? Fred? Well, thank you, Doctor. Uh, I gave a lot of thought to this, and I'm going to coin a phrase that a good friend of mine has uh, often used, and I just think it's so appropriate. As he says to me, Freddie, we're here to serve. We see the people, and we see the people, and we see the people. So to me, what that says is by the use of social media, by the use, I don't care if it's newspaper, radio, TV, Internet, iPhone, uh, Twitter, whatever you're using, there is a story that needs to be told. There are people out there far and wide that people need help. People need guidance. People need to go to someone who cares and I just think that is a very basic human human nature way of saying, I care for you. If there's anything I can do to help you, I will. And I think we have to, or I have to, see more people. I have to, through seminars, through lectures, through referrals, through the... Um, Uh, advisors, the professional advisors, whether they're lawyers, whether they're doctors, whether they're um, accountants, is to get in front of many people as I can, because when I finish with them, I am making a difference in their lives. That's what I would like to do. Right. That's you. What you would like to do. Now, what more would you like to see done and by whom to help family caregivers overcome their challenges and concerns and make the most of their opportunities. What do you want to see done and by whom do you want to see it done? Well, 
There's no question. Um, I, I think there's lots of opportunity for the government to step in. And I think we've talked about this in the past. You know, they've set up some programs now, the Registered Disability Savings Program that was introduced to the House of Parliament in 2008. And that is a, prior to that, any family never had a, a, any type of instrument that they could tax shelter money to. Now they do. Is it enough? No. Is it, it, could it be improved? Yes. But at the end of the day, it's a start. As they continue to monitor, as they continue to progress, we have to make sure whether we're dealing at the local level or at the provincial level or the federal level, we have to make sure that our voice gets out there. And case in point, um, I was talking to, you know, uh, one of our ministers and uh, talking about the RDSPs, and the gentleman was Jim Flaherty. And, you know, and as our, as our finance minister, I said, this is a really good thing you've done, but it's not enough. And so we started to talk about that and at the end of the day, as he said, you know, maybe we should talk further. But these are the people, the policymakers, the people that are out there that can make a difference. That's one area. Another area is the philanthropy. Is again, never mind just the not-for-profit or the charities, but what about the families? What about families that have, have been blessed with an abundance of money? They can make so many different changes and improve so many people's lives. But sometimes they just don't know how to do that. Or maybe no one has approached them to talk to them about creating a social legacy. So whether it's government, whether it's plan giving through charities and not-for-profit, whether it's going to be just mums and dads that are taking a fresh new look about how planning could be, and once we've planned for ourselves and we find we have enough money or a little money left over, maybe we can help others that we've been so blessed with. Just to ask you a bit of a supplementary question on that. Mm-hmm. What you're describing sounds like a social movement in a way. You're, you're talking about a social legacy as being important. Yes. And in a way, what's the work you're doing and the work you're advocating for is a form of movement saying social legacy matters to everyone, to the people who give, to the people who receive, and to the governments and to the rest of them who are in our society. Is that that your message? Is that a message? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and maybe just to add to this is that what I'm finding is I I know in my 35 years, People really mean well, and they want to do well, and they want to care for their loved ones. But for some reason, here's another vice, procrastination. (laughs) People procrastinate, and they cannot procrastinate when they're dealing with their loved ones, especially with a family of special needs children. They cannot procrastinate. You know, each of us, uh, and I believe this wholeheartedly, each of us, you know, uh, has a purpose. And God has given us a purpose, and it's for us to find that purpose. We need to fulfill. Each one of us are unique, and each one of us have many blessings. We just have to find where we can help one another. But, Doctor, I absolutely agree with you. It is a huge social movement, and it's people like you, and it's people like other social medias that can get this message across to people to say, 
Don't procrastinate. Find a planner. Do some planning. It'll reduce your stress. You, you know, it will make you feel an awful lot better. You can go to sleep at night and not have to worry because you've done the necessary things from a legal, from a tax perspective, from a mortality perspective. You've taken in all the necessary things to make that transition or that, you know, the seamlessness work for you. Now, talking of messages, and this is unfortunately the last question we have time for. Mm-hmm. Fred, what's your message using social media as we're doing now for family caregivers facing retirement? What's your message? My message would be simply this, is do not bury your head in the sand. Address it, look at it, embrace it, wrap your arms around it. If things aren't going so well, then start a plan and maybe things are going to get better. If things are going well, count your blessings. Remember, prudence over profit. If things are going very well, then I would say to those people, then give. Give back what you've been blessed with in more than one way. And the good book often says it is much, much, much nicer to give than it is to receive. You just feel good. It's the right thing to do, and it's what God would want us to do. That's the message I would get across to people. And it's a very powerful message, Fred. Very powerful. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I want to say thank you to you, Fred, Mm. for sharing all the things you have shared, your experience, your insights, and your advice, but also for conveying to us the sense of service that you have, the importance that you give to the caring aspect, and the sense in a way that you want us all to be aware of our, can I call them duties and responsibilities to ourselves, to each other, and to the people around us and the people who will follow us. So when I say all success to you in your work, what I mean is um, all success to you for everyone's sake. So thank you. Now, I also want to say thank you to our listeners. We'd um, like to hear your comments on this episode. Um, From our listeners, I'd like to hear about ideas for topics or if you're interested in being a guest on the show. Our next episode will be about bail hearings for family members with serious mental illnesses. Please join us, same time, same spot on the internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being right.